So we're picking up from where, uh, where Mary was after the angel Gabriel uh, visited her. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, You're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed women who believe what God said, believed every word would come true. And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I am the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattering the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. Father, we want to thank you for this message of Christmas that recurs as a theme all the way through our lives as your people. As Bev opens it up to us today, pour your Holy Spirit into her. Take her words and fill them with your power. Open our ears to hear your voice speaking to us and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. If Andy told a joke, so am I. But I've, I've been told I've only got 20 minutes. Um, but my dad always used to tell this joke at Christmas, that on Christmas Eve, as all the shopkeepers were locking um, their shops up and as all the shareholders were checking the share prices for all the Christmas sales, they would burst out in song, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> okay, so when you're out shopping... Um, you're lining somebody else's pocket. <laughs> okay, so what a friend we have in Jesus. Um, Jesus is the reason for the season. We know that. We're Christians. We're all in church. And um, I love this story. And I asked Andy specifically to do the, the message reading because I find quite often when we are so used to reading a scripture, and we see it depicted in drama. We, we know about it if we've been catechized sort of through the church. We know the story of Elizabeth and Mary and how they meet. And we know all about um, the sort of song of praise that, that pours forth from Mary. And I just find reading it from the message just makes it so now, so relevant, so today. It puts it into context. And what I 
looking at Luke 1, and it's 39 to 56, what we see here is the meeting of two expectant mothers, two pregnant women, one old, one young, one married, one single, both of incredibly good lineage. I think we all come from good lineage. But, you know, it's documented. Luke makes a point of saying, you know, this is where Mary comes from. These were her ancestors. She's a good kid. Yeah? Elizabeth, there's quite a sort of qualification about who she is. She's from the priesthood. Her husband's a priest. She's a good woman. So there's no sort of... Um, smear campaign, if you think of it today. You know, if it was going to go to press, there'd be very little to pick out of these women's lineage about how rubbish they are. But actually, good lineage. And Luke makes a point of, of building them up and saying, look, these are two very good women. Both were, must have been incredibly versed in the oral traditions and the scriptures of the Hebrews. Number one, because Elizabeth, obviously married to a priest, she must have picked up something along the way. And Mary, <laughs> if, you, if you read the, 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 the hymn that she sings, it's actually made up of a lot of scriptures from the Old Testament. So what she was doing actually was singing out scripture in praise of God. And in fact, if you look at Hannah's story in 1 Samuel, you'll see a lot of correlation. So there's evidence that she must have known the scriptures. What I really like about the sort of a lead in to this um, cameo that we have of these two women meeting, previously Luke relates the stories of their lives in parallel. So what we do is we see um, angelic visitations to Zechariah, to Joseph. And these angelic visitations explain what would transpire, and in both instances giving the name of the child um, that is going to be born. And you see these two lives running in parallel, and suddenly these two women meet. And it's really quite interesting looking at the comparisons as Luke writes them. But striking to me in all of this was how God used these two amazing women. I presume they must have been. I think Mary must have been incredible to come out and say, look, I'm pregnant, not married, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's an issue here. <laughs> um, and sometimes, and I've heard some feminists say, you know, you don't really want the Holy Spirit resting on you. <laughs> um, but I just think it's incredible, and they must have been incredible women. Elizabeth, who had longed for a child, um, and her husband's amazement, you know, that he was struck dumb because he actually didn't believe. So, you know, one could take it. She must have been past the menopause. You know, perhaps he you know, didn't function too well in, in his old age. So, you know, there's a question here about their shock and horror. Now, we've got to look at the you know, scripture, but these were real people in real situations. 
dealing with very real things. And there wasn't IVF in those days. If you were barren, you were barren. Yeah? And Mary, you know, I came from a society, and I can still remember it so clearly, when young girls were um, pregnant and they were put in maternity homes, locked away, shut away, and then forced to give up those babies and then brought back into society. I've known, um, not direct family, but sort of um, married into family, where at a deathbed, 90 years later, somebody's saying, oh, by the way, I'm not your sister, I'm your mother, okay? <laughs> These things happen, they're real. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so she, Mary must have been an incredible woman to withstand that. But obviously the power of, a God, of God, the witness of the Holy Spirit, coming face to face with God, had obviously convinced her this is going to be fine. This is going to work out. And I would love to have that sort of faith. Okay, this is going to be fine. So both women, but what really just kept coming back to me, coming back to me, and the rest of what I'm going to speak about now has just been confirmed Friday night during prayer, Saturday morning. So um, words from Andy, Nige, um, Pat on, on Saturday. Just so much confirmation of the word that God had laid on my heart. Both women had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Says it. And both women were carrying the seed and the fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah? One at three months, one at six months. So they were carrying within them the seed and the fulfillment of prophecy. In John, you see in Isaiah 40 verse 3 and in Malachi 3 verse 1, this word saying there will be a forerunner, there will be somebody crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Okay, For Jesus, depending on where you read and who you're looking at and which context, <coughs> there are anything between 44 and 353 prophetic scriptures about Jesus. So you have these two women, a cameo, perhaps a five-minute capture <laughs> written down that between them, they are carrying the seed of promise. Both women baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what I'd like to sort of unpick a little bit here are the two functions of the Holy Spirit. Number one, he is the revealer of truth. So John 16 verse 13, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into truth. Yeah? When the Spirit shows up, he points us to Jesus. That's part of his function. John 15, 26, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bear witness to Jesus. We see in John 16, 14, that the Holy Spirit gives glory to Christ in all things. You look at Peter, when Jesus says, who do you say I am? And what does Peter answer? Yes. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And Jesus says, you know this because 
the Holy Spirit has revealed it to you. So we see these two women meeting. In Elizabeth, the baby kicks, stirs, gets excited. Because what is the Holy Spirit doing? He bears witness to Jesus. And the scripture says in those verses that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. When she met Jesus, womb to womb, she got excited. Because the Holy Spirit testified in her spirit that this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the truth. Okay. And, and, and I really want us to grasp this. This excitement that the Holy Spirit brings. And we can often focus, especially in the modern charismatic type churches, we focus on all the really stuff of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The healings and the miracles and the prophetic and the visions and the dreams. Love it all. Been there. Love it all. But actually the key function of the Holy Spirit is to reveal truth. Show us Jesus, okay? Baby leapt with joy. Yeah? Mary, also baptized in the Holy Spirit, what does she do? She sings. She prophesies. They both, you can imagine these two women leaping for joy. Maybe with morning sickness, a bit of a, ah, yay, ah, hey. Okay, I'm trying to wake you up here. <laughs> This is real. She was three months for heaven's sake. She would have been as sick as a dog. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he shows us Jesus. He witnesses in our spirit that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God, the living God. And these two women express this. Their babies go, woo, <laughs> okay? And it's exciting. It's exciting. The fulfillment of prophecy, carrying the seed, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and saying, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Now what I want us to do very quickly, because remember, I've only got 20 minutes <laughs> now 10. <laughs> At least Nigel told me about five times, you've only got 20 minutes. So what I'd like us to do is just, just in your small groups, just amongst yourselves, what excites us about Jesus this Christmas? Now we often ask the kids, ooh, are you excited about Santa? And they and what's that? Have you been a good boy yet? Oh, what's Santa bringing you? Yeah, we do that, don't we? But have we ever asked each other, hmm, what's Jesus doing? <laughs> what are you excited about, about Jesus? You just sort of be inclusive, just amongst yourselves. Just tell each other, what is going to excite you about Jesus this Christmas? Okay, would anybody like to share what they're excited about in terms of Jesus this Christmas? Just briefly, one-liners, any takers? What excites you about Jesus this Christmas? Any, anyone? 
Okay, there we go at the back. I'll come around quickly. Quite simply, just excited that he's coming back. Hallelujah. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Amen. Anybody? Doesn't have to be sort of be very practical. Yep. This is what happens when there's a new layout. <laughs> the preacher can't find her way around. That Jesus is the only certainty in a very uncertain world. Like that one, yeah, yeah. Can we have an amen? Go for it. Amen. Yep. Uh, just the fact, as a baby, he experiences, and as a human, experiences the same things as us: pain, sorrow, upset, anger, joy. Yep. Amen. That's true. Jesus experiences all these things. He's like us. He became human. Any other takers, Christopher? <laughs> yeah, he didn't stay as a baby, but he grew up to be the greatest storyteller ever. <laughs> Actually, that's quite sort of that leads me in to my last five minutes, so six. <laughs> and I want you to really think about this in the next few weeks as we celebrate his birth. What makes our spirit leap for joy? And if your spirit does not leap for joy... Perhaps it's time for us to just sit still and say to the Holy Spirit, I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh touch. I'm amazed that I'm standing here today, that I had a preach prepared. The last six weeks have been absolutely torrid. And there have been times when I have just sort of collapsed in a heap. And I've just put up my hand and I've said I need you please help me please help me physically mentally spiritually please help me but as we buried my mom and just we had over 200 emails from people around the world of how she had touched their lives and some in very dramatic ways as my mother was <laughs> Very much. If you think I'm dramatic, you ain't seen nothing. Okay. She once preached for a, an hour on a lily growing out of a rock. And no one dare move. <laughs> no. How she smuggled. I never knew some of the stuff. She smuggled people out of South Africa during the apartheid era because they'd fallen in love with somebody else and obviously mixed race and all the sort of issues out there and she smuggled people out. I never knew that. Um, all sorts of stories and one reflects and thinks um, her spirit leapt with joy. It leapt with joy in so many instances and um, it's taken a while to sort of absorb some of this stuff that my mom actually did that we had no clue about. The fact that she couldn't conceive children and she had three. We never knew that. It was her brother in America who shared that. My sister and I said, oh, what? <laughs> okay. <coughs> but her spirit leapt with joy because of Jesus and the witness of the Holy Spirit. And I have some questions here. What promises... 
are we carrying deep within us that the Holy Spirit is growing and nurturing? What are we carrying within us that that this Christmas time, a a season of birthing new things, now moving into the prophetic stuff, what are we carrying that needs to be birthed coming into the new season? into the new year, over and over again, over the weekend, Friday, into this, there's so much talk of new beginnings. In the summer, Pat prophesied that as a church, there is a shift, a move, a new beginning, a new season. Are we leaping for joy at this that we carry within us? These things that have been placed inside of us, the dreams, the visions for our our person, our children, our friends, our families, for each other as a fellowship. Are we giving time for the Holy Spirit to grow this within us, this Christmas season? Are you ready to birth something new? individually, corporately, are we ready? You see, the thing with pregnancy, when you get to six, eight, nine months, there's no stopping it, unless obviously you go the clinical route. But there is no stopping it. Once those contractions start... There is no stopping it. And most of us who have given birth will cry out, let this be done. (laughs) And John goes on to say, and Jesus says, once a mother has given birth, she has already forgotten the pain. She has forgotten the sickness and not being able to walk properly. She has forgotten the anguish, the scariness of giving birth. As she looks at this new person, are we ready? We are already in the contraction stage spiritually. We don't know what the move of God is going to be. We don't know what revival looks like. We don't know what this wailing child will be. But we have a God who does. We have a God who does. This story has already been written in the heavenlies. And you know, he wants us to leap with joy because of the witness of the Holy Spirit. As Mary went back to her home to face the drama of being a pregnant woman, getting married, settling down, then being kicked out, running off to Egypt... (laughs) Okay, life didn't obviously turn out as she'd expected. Yeah? Are we ready for the unexpected? Are we ready? But you see, what we do have in us is the expectation and the hope of the Messiah. We have the expectation that he is coming again. We have the expectation because we can look back on history. We know what's happened. 
And we saw revelation this morning. We have the victory because of this Messiah. He's the Son of God. John said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb. And in, I, I find it very hard to see Jesus as a baby. I really do. Because that's not my experience of him. And in fact, I'd never really come across Advent until about three years ago. I know. <laughs> um, bless him. Um, you know, it just wasn't on sort of the church radar that I went to. It was all quite foreign to me, um, very English. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> having fun there. So I battled to see Jesus as a baby. But I do see Jesus as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Captain of Heaven's armies. I see him next to me, walking with me. I see him when I cannot face the world, him going ahead and facing the world on my behalf. This is how I see Jesus. And yesterday, I cannot tell you how humbling it is when God does what he does when we're out on the street. To see Jesus ministering to somebody because of some silly picture I had. Does this make sense? To me, he is the all in all. He's not the baby. That's my experience of him. And I hope and I pray that we would receive a fresh revelation of Christ. He is new every morning. There is nothing that will come to us in life that we cannot face. And yes, there are times, and, and I mean, I, I've you know, literally had to be scraped off the floor a couple of times over the last six weeks when I really felt as if I could not cope with everything. But you know, his grace is sufficient. And I have found the more broken I have felt, the more the Holy Spirit pours through me and just seeps out because there are all these cracks and these holes. And I almost feel like saying, you know what, I don't ever really want to be whole again. <laughs> yeah? Because then you've just got one thing to come out of instead of all these cracks and just seeping out. And God is just incredible. So what I'd like to leave us with is some of the stuff from this weekend. The word very clearly on Fridays, Andy actually sang it as a, as a, a spiritual song, as a psalm. Behold the Lamb. Yes, he's Jesus, the baby's in a manger. But the Holy Spirit comes. And he wants to take our eyes and our face and he wants us to look into heaven. Behold the Lamb. Perfect. Worthy. Worthy. More than worthy of our love. And after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here 
and I will show you things which must take place after this. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. But listen, this is how heaven reacts to Jesus. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, just going on the four living creatures, each having six wings, eyes full. They do not rest day or night saying, holy, holy, holy. Whenever the creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, their lives forever, their lives forever and ever, the 24 elders. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and created Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain so that you and me, we can say, yes, I want more of you, Holy Spirit. I want you to rest on me. I want you to fill me so that my spirit will leap with joy at the name of Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. He's not just a baby. He's the king of kings. All of heaven bow down. They worship him. Worthy is the lamb. And he's saying to us, come on up here. The doors of heaven are open. Come on up. Come on up. I want to show you things. And those things are the promises, the vision that gives us the hope for tomorrow. I've asked Ruth if we could sing again, Oh Holy Night. It just reflects some of these words. As much as this was incredibly earthly bound, it was a hugely holy night. The heavens declared the glory all the angels were out trooping the color. Busy season for angels is Christmas. Bringing messages, bringing dreams, bringing visions, bringing hope. And the Holy Spirit, right now, tomorrow, the day after, going into 2017, he will bear witness to you. This is Jesus. This is Jesus.